Welcome to the Bereans Bible Prophecy Podcast. Uh, it's been uh, pretty infrequent episodes in the last six to nine months. Uh, there just hasn't been that much going on other than, you know, what what you can see for yourself. And so I really don't want to come to you with repetitive things or uh, obvious things uh, like a newscast. I, I really just want to come forward asking questions and uh, things that are kind of unsettled in my mind. And so obviously there hasn't been much Berean work lately for me anyway and uh, or anything that's really caught my interest that I felt like I needed to dig into uh, at the current in the current time and uh, certainly there isn't much prophetically I say that visibly now there's always I'm assuming there's stuff going on behind the scenes but uh, not going to get into all that I mean I'm patient to just wait and watch for things to happen so uh anyway thank goodness there's guys like chris white doing his thing because he's always got such a great uh great content in depth and meat on the bone so uh there's certainly no need for me to jump in especially when i agree with things i mean i understand the market they're being tied cheer and the Kroger brand of laundry detergent. But in this case, I just don't see the need to repeat a topic when somebody's already done so much work that I, that I already uh, agree with. So all that, <clears throat> all that being said, what I wanted to talk about that really had caught my interest lately was just the shortages we've been seeing uh, of, of materials human resources and and just ask some questions like are we seeing a permanent change to our economic system and just lately i don't know what it is all across the united states or even the world i haven't kept up news wise to what's happening there but i've I've noticed numerous businesses only recently just in the last six weeks, numerous businesses and restaurants that have remained understaffed because they can't hire enough people back to work. And I guess it wasn't noticeable until the mask mandates came down and, you know, we're able to, I mean, officially, and you, know, you could go in certain stores that you knew wouldn't, where you either wouldn't offend the majority of people or, or uh, the, the business wouldn't hassle you. But once all the signs came off the door, and I tried to honor those businesses if they did have a sign up, but they're all down now. And so you can go into businesses freely without wearing anything. And most places, you know, the Walmarts, the, the, the uh, grocery stores, they're open, the gas stations, and they've got people working. But you go to a Chick-fil-A or a McDonald's or whatever fast food or restaurant, even I, I'll wait on this other thought, but I'll just say sit down restaurants. You can tell they're understaffed and 
many, you know, and that took a, a week or two to to uh, notice and then started seeing signs on the door like, hey, we our dining room isn't open. You know, Zaxby's has cars wrapped around the building, you know, almost two times. And yet the interior is locked down. And it isn't because of COVID. It's because they, well, indirectly, they can't get workers. You know, you start asking these questions and you hear people saying, you know, well, people are still getting checks and you know and i i haven't dug in to see how much and the specifics across each state the united states if it's all the same i don't know but i've been hearing something like 300 dollars a week and so you think well that that's that's not a lot i mean if if you're it's not a lot in a 40 hour week uh and if anybody were to intend to live off of $300 a week full time, uh, you're going to have at least two jobs and maybe three. And that's just reality. At $30,000 a year, you almost can't, you, you just can't live on that in, a, in today's modern society unless you've got a lot of stuff already paid off and you are uh, living extremely well-budgeted, um, maybe two people in that situation. But uh, the reality is most of those jobs that, that uh, are targeting that level of pay and worker, like the Lowe's, Home Depot, and, and I see employees there but you don't see them in Zaxby's, but they're all tend to be paying like 15 to 17, some even $20 an hour. And now we're hearing like signing bonuses or sign on bonuses for a thousand dollars after 90 days and all this. And, and the reality of over the last, I don't know, 15 years, I'm just guessing here. Uh, trying to go from memory, but the reality of these types of jobs, part-time jobs is uh, due to the, the weight of or cost of healthcare benefits, most of these businesses that are paying employees or were paying employees like eight to $15 they would never give them 40 hours a week so that they would never be considered a full-time employee. They would, they would book them at 20 to 25, maybe 30 hours a week. Now I, maybe things have changed. I don't know what in my head I would consider 40 hour work week as full-time employment, but I, I would just hear anecdotally that, you know, complaints about people not having benefits because they weren't working 40 hours. And I get it. You know, the businesses were uh, trying to make a profit. They couldn't afford benefits. And it was politicians that legislated politicians passing laws that kind of created this situation to where they made health care so expensive and not doing legislation not creating legislation to fix insurance uh, and 
keeping it so costly for everyone and insurance uh, uh, regarding, uh, I'm sorry, uh, insurance in the case of lawsuits and things, these excessive lawsuits, at least that's what we've always heard, have been the cause for the high cost of insurance. Um, A lot of factors going into that. But anyway, if the reality of employment in that 10 to $20 an hour range was never fully, never full-time employment, and say they're working 20 hours a week uh, because of a benefit situation, well, if somebody's getting a $300 check per week, $15 times 20 hours a week is the same pay. So, and I, I know we've all heard, at least in the last couple of weeks, well, they're not going to work because they're getting $300 a week. And if you're like me, I, my first thought was, well, why would you take less pay to stay home? Or, or you're just kind of weighing that in your head like, wow, some, a lot of people evidently are taking less pay to stay home and do nothing than to go work and make maybe a little bit more. But the reality may be that they aren't going to make any more if they're only partial uh, 40 hours anyway. You see what I'm saying? So if you're only working 25 hours, you're only going to make like 50 to 100 bucks more uh, possibly than you would just sitting at home. And so this, you know, a lot of times we blame government for creating certain situations. And this is a case where we certainly see a direct uh, correlation here. You know, if there, there really is no point. And I don't know that I could blame somebody if they were working at great clips and driving 45 minutes across town through traffic to get the same thing if you just stayed at home. So uh, it's a terrible situation. And I don't know how we get out of this without it being some real long-term damage, uh, scarring between business owners and employees that didn't come back to work there potentially probably is going to be some bias against them. And uh, it's tragic, sad, uh, probably could have been prevented if handled a different way. I know, you know, everybody had mixed emotions about just sending checks out. You know, it wasn't enough. You would think it wouldn't be enough. And we couldn't afford it. The nation's in tremendous debt. So, but I certainly understand some of it. So anyway, I'm just questioning if we're going to see some real permanent damage here due to this uh, pandemic. I don't want to call it pandemic. Just I'll just say this crisis moment. Another thing that I see it potentially and probably changing is because we're already witnessing it, is the future regarding benefits of those same 
employees that are in that role, you're a partial work employee by the reasons I stated earlier, not because they don't want you to work 40 hours a week. They don't want you to work 40 hours a week so they don't have to pay benefits for practical reasons. So are we going to see changes? I think we probably will. Changes in those jobs offering benefits again. We're, we're already seeing them offering bonuses uh, and certainly remote work where I'm at. And everywhere, you've seen uh, New York City abandoned for the most part, where very highly priced real estate has uh, been abandoned and huge market impacts uh, because people have found that they just don't need to be there paying such a high price uh, when work could be done remotely. Now, we're in a situation where I work where we're kind of hybrid. We have to, on occasion, be together, work together for uh, hardware reasons. Um, we're a software business. We write software for a specific hardware. And there are times when you got got to get in and test it. And you're in and out. You don't have to be there all the time. So we're in that middle ground there are others that truly could be remote and then i'm sure there's some that just can't be remote at all like manufacturing and uh we have part with the majority of our company our bigger company is uh much a uh, lot of manufacturing um but I've seen certain companies take a stand and go, look, we've read the research on remote work and ultimately the facts are in and it doesn't work long term and we're not going to be one of those businesses. And I just say, it's your right to say that, but you are going to, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good employees out there who will not go to work for somebody who takes that stance. And those are excellent companies to work for. But there are a lot of people who are very skilled, who don't have bad attitudes. It's not that they don't like other interacting with other human beings. They're just like, eh, I, I think I would prefer a hybrid environment. So, I mean, I saw one, uh, I saw uh, Dave Ramsey's, in a clip and I'm probably don't have the full context of it, but he said, we know it doesn't work and we're not going to, if you're one of those people, you know, you just won't come to work for us. And that is fine. I mean, our company has kind of made that statement where there are cases where we need you in. And if you can't be here, then you're probably not going to be working for us. And that I get it. But uh, with that, there will be certain people that you'll never you're never going to bring in as a resource because they just don't want to work for a company that is going to require some interaction on site. So I bring all that up because that's going to be a change for our future. Certainly the, I, I think the business owner and employee relationship is going to, uh, is going to be impacted and probably for those businesses that 
tended to take more advantage of their employee than most. Uh, I'd say most are pretty balanced and fair, but you know, there's probably some, some out there that are using, uh, they would lean maybe a little bit harder on their employees uh, into their quality of life balance. And there's always this debate of, I mean, we've been through it for decades of the business owner is providing opportunities for employees, but it is, I mean, it is a two way street. I mean, without those employees, that business isn't going to grow. And without him, especially in a private, well, really doesn't matter private or public. If you don't have employees that are passionate about their work and about, it sounds cheesy, but the vision of the company and what you're providing as a service, that company isn't going to grow. It's going to have turnover. It's going to be a paycheck. Uh, and people, you know, company will make money, but it's just going to be a stereotypical uh, big company. But where we see the where we see companies grow tremendously is where there's true passion on the ground by some guy who's making a salary, even though the guy up the food chain is making a magnitude greater than him. It's because there there's a common goal, a passion, and in general that structure treats those employees very well. And they recognize that company's going nowhere without those employees because they are the engine. They are the engine. So, so an owner out there that is, I think it is coming back into balance. These, an owner, and certainly they've, they've got all the risk on their back. They've put millions into it. And, uh, that but if you if you again if you don't have passionate employees for very direct reasons involved in the business you're not going anywhere so i think some of that's probably getting exposed uh people walking away and finding uh and Dave Ramsey was and his crew, you know, they were talking about, you know, people are due to all this. They've examined their life. They're making changes. We're hearing surveys of 40% of the population are going to change careers. So there's going to be major impacts. Um, I probably overstated that. You've already heard it and seen it elsewhere. Sorry about that. But one of the things that I wanted to get to was the, the shortages that are appearing for items that don't make any logical sense at all. And early on, like in spring of 2020, we saw, you know, toilet paper shortage and hand sanitizer and that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that stuff because there is no shortage of that stuff now. Uh, and, and, uh, for the most part, Food. We're not seeing shortages, um, but what I'm seeing now are just weird 
illogical things like um, my son works for a company that manufactures windows, residential windows, and they're a big company. And they're saying glass shortage. They can't get glass to where they may shut down for a day, maybe two in a week uh, because they're waiting on glass to come in. And that's very puzzling. And, you know, you could say, eh, well, they're just home building. And uh, there's so much, so many homes being built and apartments and all that. Okay, but uh, you've seen, we've seen ammo shortages over the years. And, uh, I mean, that's gone on forever. And you would think, well, why doesn't somebody just start making more? Um, and they say, well, it costs millions to create a factory. But if you're already in that business and you know how to minimize that cost, certainly you would see that that uh, the demand is only going up. So why wouldn't you be running 24-7 and, and building more plants or whatever if that's what your business was? So... We're seeing continued shortages there. We're seeing a semiconductor chip, which makes no sense. I mean, uh, those generally aren't made in the U.S. Those are made overseas in Taiwan and China. Only thing I can, I'm just guessing here, but I wonder if the Huawei stuff where there was a, it was found that, you know, because it's a communist Chinese party subsidized company and they found uh, real security backdoors and things like that in their routers and chips and things like that that we've been buying for years. I wonder if privately our government put a halt and a moratorium on import of all types of chips like that, not just for government use, but private use. And uh, I wonder if that's the reason why. I have no evidence. Uh, I'm just guessing, trying to find a reason, because why, I mean, cars on lots, I mean, I, I see I see car lots that have plenty of cars, and yet I talk to people saying, yeah, I was going to buy a car, and they said it was eight weeks or nine weeks to order one because they can't get chips. And I thought, well, what about the cars on the lot? And and there's always a reason why they can't sell these things. Uh, They either don't have chips for them or I don't know what's going on, but that's another strange thing. There's also, uh, I consume a lot of uh, (laughs) chips, popcorn, that kind of stuff. And I've noticed over the last month that uh, popcorn is not on the shelf anymore. And I'm not talking about the the stuff you microwave, the Orville Redenbacher stuff, but the stuff that's in the bags, pre-popped and whatever. Kroger has some very cheap uh, bags. And I, I was just buying it instead of potato chips. It was cheaper. And I don't care about the health stuff, but uh, maybe it was healthier. Uh, I was going by taste and I've noticed like for the last month Kroger hasn't had my popcorn that I was buying religiously 
And then I've started to notice that there are more and more things uh, that are not on the shelf and haven't been restocked. And I do recall there being like a year ago, there was a tremendous storm, straight line windstorm go through the Midwest that caused a huge crop loss in our corn in the United States. And um, I just wonder if we're starting to see the impact there. But uh, that one I could logically see because when we saw that storm, I began expecting to see shortages. But that one may have taken a while due to our stock or supply that farmers had uh, over the last year. But these other things, these shortages, I just don't think they, I don't know that they can be due to understaffing of businesses or else why wouldn't we have seen them much sooner than over a year and a half after the shutdown? Say we shut down in March of 2020. Uh, why wouldn't we have begun to see shortages of things immediately and i'm not counting toilet paper and hand sanitizer but real shortages of stuff because uh let me tell you if they're if they're due to demand being so greatly or if the if there weren't shortages because demand was so greatly reduced because people were staying in their houses then that's scary because that indicates we got a whole lot, a greater number of people that were afraid to leave their house in spite of what was going on. And I didn't witness that anecdotally. I just saw people taking food, carry out home. I didn't see people not going out, uh, at least, you know, after March and maybe April. It seemed like people were getting out and doing things. They just doing it differently. I didn't see consumption. I wouldn't have expected consumption to be down greatly other than gas, other than gasoline uh, because of remote work. And uh, so that isn't what I witnessed. And um, our frequency of going to a restaurant may have only been reduced for those couple of months, but after that, you know, it picked back up to a normal state. Uh, and we all suspected that it was being politicized early on, the pandemic, you know. And uh, everybody, I mean, most people, I, I think most people took a few months to figure it out until they, you know, realized either this thing was overstated uh, or they understood the risk involved and all that, and they responded appropriately and found where they were going to operate in. Um, many of us, during the shutdowns, many of us were stocking up privately uh, for political unrest reasons. But even then, I didn't, I didn't notice any shortages due to that. And there were a lot, there were surveys showing that a lot of people were stocking up with things uh, expecting, you know, unrest or riots or whatever. So, um, 
I am puzzled. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know why it would have taken over a year to start to see shortages in the things we're seeing for this reason. And this is the kicker. You can have any excuse for it to explain it away. But hear this. For a very long time, our economy has been based on just-in-time manufacturing, JIT, J-I-T, manufacturing. It means you don't have, like, businesses don't have massive warehouses that they're stocking their stuff in. They are generally manufacturing is ordering raw materials or whatever the building blocks of their materials a day uh, the day of or the day before they would receive these components or resources that would go into building whatever it is they build, whether it's car parts or, you know, or even uh, grocery stores. They don't have, I mean, when you, when you drive around Kroger's, they have very limited stock in the back. I mean, room for stock in the back. Uh, they are based on a model that is a truck is coming in to deliver the things that they are about to run out of. And Walmart's the same way. I mean, they've got a very modernized, automated tracking system as stuff comes off the shelf and inventory is removed from, you know, those counts decrement the inventory. The whole system is aware and the next supply is coming in to resupply what is most needed. And we didn't see things we didn't see empty shelves for the most part in the last year and a half. Now we're starting to see that. So I'm just asking those questions because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why we didn't see that a year ago. Maybe it will make sense at some point, but I don't know. Uh, sorry if you tuned in to hear prophecy. Again, I, I will generally talk about prophetic things when there is something that number one it interests me and I'm asking questions about it or I feel like I find I've found something coming from a different angle I don't want to bring you things that you already know about heard about already agree with in general uh, and generally I want to come with stuff that goes against the grain comes from a minority view things like that. So a minority view that I believe in or else a minority view that is potentially leading somebody astray when it's completely obvious uh, there is truth opposing it. Um, I don't do a lot of that, but you know I did it about preterism and stuff. So uh, again, you'll hear from me when you hear from me. Uh, next there's uh, like I said I don't I don't see a lot of stuff happening but stuff generally uh, turns on a dime happens overnight uh, we don't haven't been seeing a general buildup of things 
Uh, it's been very quiet in the last year. So uh, take care. God bless. See you later.